At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Oh, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. on the rocks after a long long hiatus we know that you guys missed us we missed you i'm Matt. i'm emily and i'm mandy and we are doing episode 20 theatricality today uh, which is one of my one of my favorite episodes to be quite honest um this premiered on may 25th 2010 to 11 and a half million viewers Tina struggles when Figgins tells her not to dress in her gothic fashion anymore, as he believes that she's a vampire. Rachel reveals to the New Directions that Vocal Adrenaline is planning to do Lady Gaga regionals, and Will encourages them to express themselves using the music of Lady Gaga, which would also act as a way for Tina to find a new style. Meanwhile, Rachel has a life-changing encounter when she finds out that the coach of Vocal Adrenaline is her mother, the boys- Spoiler alert. The boys, sans Kurt, decide to do a kiss instead of Lady Gaga, while Finn and Kurt face new challenges after Bert and Carol decide to move in together. This episode was written and directed by Ryan Murphy. Well, I think that sets us up. I Hi, guys. Hi. I said it's been, it's been a while. This is my, one of my favorite episodes. And uh, for season one, I really like it. It's got some fun things in it. It's got some good songs. It's actually got some movement and plot um, and character development. Um, one thing I will say I do really dislike about this um, episode, I believe this is the birth of Oh My Gaga. Okay, and... yes, but I was listening for it and I didn't no. hear it, right? No, so it's he, not, he never, it's not he never in there. It. Okay. So it's the birth of the mythical Oh My Gaga. Okay. Exactly. I, I'm pretty sure this episode never said, but just the amount that he, that Kurt, obviously, spoiler if you've not seen the series, not sure why you're listening to this, but hey, Kurt, uh, <laughs> such a fan of Lady Gaga that somewhere, somehow, some fic writer decided to do this, and it took off, and I, I implore um, our fellow writers to maybe not do that anymore. Please don't. Please stop. I think most of us have stopped. <laughs> I think the time has passed. I think we've moved on. I think we have. But yeah, but yeah. No, I, I was actively watching slash listening for him to say it, thinking he must have said it considering how prevalent it was, and he didn't. And then I felt justified in my hatred of the Oh My Gaga. Yeah, no, it's, it's terrible. We shouldn't have done it. It's one of those things where we look back and we go, oh... That was a fashion faux pas. We cannot all wear, you know, insert fashion thing here that looks terrible on most people. I don't 
Yeah, thank everyone. Um, it's like maybe we shouldn't have done it. Maybe we shouldn't have all worn head to toe denim. Maybe, maybe that. I don't. Apologies I don't if you like head to toe denim. I don't see a problem with that. Fair enough. So um, that that kind of makes it a little bit of a a double edged sword for me. Like great episode, lots of fun, has has some good you know good moments. Also, pretty sure this is this is the the start of start of a terrible terrible episode. So this is where it went. Samuel's Um, so this was an episode. It was an episode. Um, like I said, a lot, a lot happened character-wise. Um, I'm gonna jump in with with Tina here because I I particularly like the ridiculousness of um, Tina's storyline in this episode. Mm-hmm. And in, in there are many times that I think Glee tries to be over the top and fails i think we've all talked about it like the the many times where they'll make over the top you know sexual references where it's just sort of like that's not funny that's really creepy terrible also you don't do that Mm -hmm. this is one of those times where i'm like that actually is ridiculous and funny to me figgins finds you know um tina to be a vampire based on her gothy dress that's ridiculous in a good way and I wish they did more of that, which I think they definitely did more later, but it was still kind of sporadic. And I wish they would just leave the ha ha ha, you know, child sexual predator in the school isn't that funny. Um, with like Ryerson, just just mm-hmm. don't do that. Do more of this. Do less of that. Um, what do you what did you what do you think or feel about Tina? Biggins, ridiculous plot lines that make no sense but are just for amusement purposes. I mean, I was fine with it other than um, I just thought it was funny how all of a sudden in that in this episode, her style was 9,000% more goth than it has ever been before. So I think she like, had like fingerless gloves at one point and therefore that was goth. Yeah, but yeah. today it's like all lace, all black, top hat, you know the full which is like it's fine it's just funny that for this episode she was as uh intentionally goth as she could be um i i guess i couldn't decide if i thought it was a missed opportunity to talk about the the double standard in schools for what guys and girls get in trouble for wearing right like the whole spaghetti strap tank tops for girls and shame i don't know if you guys had shame shirts in high school like if a teacher or principal decided that what a girl was wearing was too inappropriate. She would have to put on a shame shirt, which would be like a large dumpy to cover up her naked shoulders. Cause my God, the boys, how could they study? I didn't have that. I, I just had the, we will make you call your parents and have them take you home to change. Oh, we kind of had the same thing. Um, I think it was just like generic school shirts. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it would be like a big loose baggy t-shirt. Yeah, to hide those sinful shoulders that a, a girl possesses. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, guys are walking around in whatever the fuck they're wearing. So I don't know if I thought that it was like a missed opportunity to have a storyline or if I was just like, cool, a funny one-off, and they they didn't go there. I, I'm, I don't care either way, actually. It's like, oh, this is funny, and it could have been more, and it wasn't, and that's fine. Do you think maybe that's because Ryan Murphy is, is a man? So he's not going to immediately go, oh, there's a, there's a larger conversation we could have here and be making a point. 
because he's just going to not be aware of that and or just hand wave it. Yeah, that's a good a or, good I mean, this is also a little too logical for Glee, but they had many of the other female characters in very skimpy things. Yeah. Throughout the course will, of the show. I will say, though, um, at my high school, um, the the cheerleaders were able to get away with the shorter skirts because it was the cheer uniform, mm-hmm. so it was approved. So, um, at least in that instance, I can't, I can't speak to everything else Santana wears. Um, but like, that was like, that was okay if you showed your shoulders or your midriff or like the skirt was super, super short because it was a uniform. We can go into the, the, um, you know, misogyny into, uh, having, you know, young girls wear tiny, tiny outfits and, you know, skimpy skirts, another another time but um and that be considered the appropriate uniform but uh totally lost the plot on this one but basically yes i agree yeah i mean the cheerios outfits are pretty short for uh at least for what would have been okay in my school um, the thing i liked about the tina and figgin storyline is something glee actually was fairly good at which was having entire storylines that have no white people in them yeah it's just like two minorities in a storyline that is not specifically about them not being white. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. Maybe my, my brain is not fully there right now, but I'm like, I'm trying to think of a, of a storyline that was specifically race oriented for anybody. Well, Other than like storylines have to do. Yeah. With the, yeah. The Mercedes ones definitely did. And there's, I feel like there are some more, but I, I what I was saying was Glee. I, I know there's, was, there's, there's, pretty Asian, good. there's Asian F. Yeah. But I, even then, I feel like that's more just like, oh, I guess it is stereotyping a- Asian parents. So, yeah. Well, you know, even just referring to them as like Tina Cohen Chang and other, other Asian. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, you know, it's not like Kurt Hummel is other white guy. Well, that's just because that'd be other white guy, other white guy, other, other white guy, other, other, other other white guy with a squirrel on his head. Yeah. (laughs) White guy number five, background white guy number six. Um, Just, just speaking of, of how uh, Glee treats minority characters, I would like to take this moment to say I have a trivia fact. Um, This episode marks when uh, Matt Rutherford got his first line. Oh, wow. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Episode 20, Matt Rutherford gets to speak. No wonder that guy left the show. They did him so wrong. But it's okay. He's, you know, he's doing well with his, with his, you know, whatever it is that we decided he does. Whatever it is, I'm sure it's good. I've totally forgotten, honestly. I only really remember what Mike Chang went on to go do. But anyway, I'm sure whatever Matt Rutherford went on to uh, to do with his life was far better and more worthy. Solve global warming. <laughs> Probably. I mean, yeah. Thank you, Matt Rutherford. We owe you a debt of gratitude. Thank you for your service. Um, so that kind of like is not that, but the the Tina Figgin storyline and and um, going, hey, let's do Lady Gaga because uh, now Tina can find a a new style in doing Lady Gaga. Um, I realize it's Glee, but also like. I, 
you're going to find a new style via Lady Gaga outfits. I, I would recommend you not just because I feel like that's a poor choice for, for outfits and also uncomfortable. Also, I, I feel like Will could take anything for a reason to let's do a theme week other than let's prepare for regionals. Yeah. I mean, I also like that Will Schuster's uh, coach extraordinaire, his, oh, they did Lady Gaga? Well, let's do Lady Gaga ourselves. Couldn't yeah. even come up with something on his own? You couldn't even go, cool, Lady Gaga is a expressive and transformative artist. Let's talk about other expressive and transformative artists. No, no. no. Let's just stick do that. With, stick with Gaga. Well, she's got a, a lengthy repertoire. That is not what the word I was thinking of. She's got a lot of songs. <laughs> yes. Discography. Thank you. Whatever. Mine, mine worked too. That yours worked too. I was very impressed by the various Glee Club members' ability to sew. Right. I, yeah. wonder, if, I wonder if that's another one of those things that Kurt gives, like, it's like the side uh, Glee Club because Rachel's wasn't that good. And I wonder if it's because, like, everybody else has Glee Club without her. And one of the other things that they do is Kurt teaches everybody to sew, but right. Rachel doesn't know because she's not invited. <laughs> she's not invited to the sewing club. Uh, or it's just like another thing, just like their ability to flash learn choreography. That's just like, they're all prodigies. Right. But it wasn't relevant enough to show in the episode. Right. It was, it's on the editing room floor. The, oh, yeah. the montage of them like, oh yeah, we all know how to sew. Who the fuck does it? Little did we all know that it's, that it's actually William McKinley's home for gifted and talented home ec students. They yeah. just left off that second part. Well, they made those cupcakes for the yeah. fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Where do you think Jesse got the eggs? <laughs> Hashtag spoiler. <laughs> uh, so leaning in on, I guess, to, on, the, on the Lady Gaga of it all. Yes. So the, the theme here we're running with is, is Gaga that everybody should be doing. And yet the guys, Sans Kurt, decide not to do Lady Gaga. They want to do Kiss instead. Yeah, because the other shit that they've been doing is all so feminine, right? All the songs they've been doing have been super feminine that they can't stand another song. I mean, it, it bothers me that um, the, obviously there, there's a lot of homophobia and it deals with, you know, Glee does try to tackle you know, homophobia, but it, it calls out, like, in, you know, making fun of, of Kurt and calling him names and calls that homophobia out, but doesn't call out the fact that, like, the guys won't do a, fem- don't want to do a female song or dress yeah. up as Lady Gaga. It doesn't call out that homophobia. And it's sort of like, it, it reminds me of, of similar to racism. It's like only saying the N-word is racist. Everything mm-hmm. else is not. And if you try to call that out, you try to call out like systematic and like tiny, you know, racist uh, oppressions like that are in in just everybody's life because we are inherently racist and we have to kind of combat that and be aware of it. Um, People don't like that. It's literally just, oh, calling you specifically targeted names or hurting you physically is racist, but like disenfranchising you and keeping people from being able to get jobs. None of so it, it's, it's frustrating to just see, it's like, cool, you could have used that to also tear in to say, hey, there's multiple levels of this. 
there's multiple ways to be homophobic and it's not just like, yes, that's bad, but also look at that. Um, and it's, it's frustrating, especially as I look at, I look at Ryan Murphy, I'm like, shouldn't you be aware of that being, and maybe that's me assuming something from a gay, a gay man that I shouldn't and assume and having its own prejudices. I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating. And and them not wanting to do Gaga was both uh, homophobic and sexist in mm, a, uh-huh. a lovely dual way because they their their choice was Kiss. So they're still wearing makeup, long hair, heels, and outlandish outfits. But this time it's okay because it's not meant for a woman. Yeah. And it's it's only it, it's only bad if it's specifically meant for women. Since yeah, it it definitely hair. feeds into the whole toxic masculinity yeah. like theme. These heels are okay because they're for men. Like, oh, get your gendered shoes the fuck out of here. And you know, it it would have been so easy for them to do Gaga and Kiss without it sound without it being like homophobic or or you know toxic masculinity literally will schuster could have just said yeah. hey let's do expressive and and transformative and over-the-top artists let's do artists that have their own that have built their own style or are very iconic in how they look literally well, there are ways that you could have built this so that it could have been the guys are like we want to do kiss and you could have had a whole other path of hey you can be over the top and dress like crazy with a flair for the dramatic and heels and you can also be a badass rocker or you can be you know a, a female pop singer who's just friggin phenomenal like you could have had a really interesting point there you didn't because you just had will schuster do let's do lady gaga too well i think schuster should have also just been like hey shut the fuck up and do the song yes like well he said this line you say he said something about, I guess I haven't been listening to you guys. Like, well, I, I don't care. Well, yes, but also now is when you want to listen to them? Right, yeah. Like, this this is the time where you're like, man, I should really pay more attention to my students' wants. But it's also just so, so very Schuster to be like, I'm going to pay attention at all the wrong moments for yeah. all the wrong reasons. Like, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and it just makes me, it, it gives me that Blaine gif in my head. It's like, you always do this. Yeah. You always <sighs> do this. Me at shoe always. Speaking, just, speaking of shoe, can I do a, like a sidebar? Cause we've not addressed it since it came out. Uh, yes. Wasn't there an art, wasn't there an article that, that listed Schuster as one of oh, the TV okay. villains? Yes. It was, um, yes, it was something about like the worst characters or something oh, what was it it was tv's 18 most gloriously obnoxious unintentional villains i felt so fucking vindicated getting that message um i was, I was vindicated I was except it said some shit about terry schuster and i was like that's mm-hmm. not the point of this true true it, it, it said this thing about he inexplicably stayed with his horrible wife like hey did you not fucking watch the show or listen also to did you not podcast? listen to the podcast yeah yes. i'm sorry terry schuster deserves more than this talk about will 
excuse me, I think we can all agree that Terry Schuster is a product of, of, of the marriage that she was in because wouldn't you yeah. have gone insane if you were married to Will Schuster? I fucking would have. I don't know that I would have had a baby to try to keep him, but I probably would have gone insane. Exactly. But yes, I just I just wanted to take this moment to note that other people are aware and and agree with with us and I appreciate that and if they could not also throw Terry under the bus that'd be great but I felt so fucking vindicated yeah we appreciate your support but like let's support women <laughs> uh accurate so yeah there's there's a lot going on with with this episode especially with um I, I feel like toxic masculinity has got to be the one theme that that weaves in and out of every season of Glee. So maybe maybe we should re re you know look back at what we say when we're like, no, Glee does not have a have a theme. No, they do. They just didn't mean to have this as a theme. I don't think this is intentional. It does. Just it's terrible men. Except for Bert. Except for Bert. Speaking of Bert. Bert throwing out this what 16? Oh Kurt is 16. We know that. We don't really know how old Finn is, but let's assume Finn's the same age. Um, throwing out a 16-year-old boy for saying something offhanded, granted in the in the heat in, in anger, but um, definitely say he said it to hurt. But I don't think he really thought about it outside of this is I hate to say locker room talk because God knows that phrase has been overused lately. Mm-hmm. But um, that kind of uh, uh, that kind of speak. And going, yeah, no, your mom's probably gonna break up for me, and I love her, but you know, fuck you, because you don't say anything that's derogatory or close to derogatory to my son. And he didn't go, oh, you know, Kurt, that's not, you know, that's not appropriate, but you know, boys will be boys. No, 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 no. He, no. Kudos I to love this speech. I, I think I like this speech more than the, um, the you matter one. Yeah. I there's something about this one that's so important and heartfelt and you know the you matter speech is really good. Uh but I think I like this one more. I agree. The you matter one is just a like version of something every teenager should hear from their parents, mm-hmm. but this is very specific to I have a gay kid and I need this kid who has a very like solid reason to doubt just based on stereotypes for gay teenagers like a solid reason to doubt I would be on his side to know I'm on his side Mm -hmm. yeah on his side and willing to stand up for him in the face of his own relationship and uh, a relationship that he's trying to cultivate with a a stepson really yeah but that that he puts he still puts Kurt first and will always put Kurt first and I appreciate Finn not immediate. I mean, he is ultimately forgiven, um, which mostly it's important that Kurt forgives him. But I really resent the fact that Finn is kind of applauded for being not quite as bad as other guys when, like, you know, the bar shouldn't be so low that not actively beating someone up makes you the good right. guy. Right. Like, you know, the fact that you eventually are okay after you call them a few names and refuse to live with him. I mean, basically the bar is really low for Finn and yet the show applauds him 
regularly, even though he continues to go on to do shittier things to gay kids. Because he's a white guy. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate this moment of a shitty homophobic teenager being actually called out for being a shitty homophobic teenager. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you that I hate that his his oh Kurt's better because he put on shower curtain and called out. Yeah, yeah, called out two bullies once. So therefore, he he's totally fine. He's absolved. Like oh, right. no, 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 no. Like, the, the show opens, like, Glee opens on Finn watching Kurt get beaten up, so... Yeah. And, and I feel like it could be easy. I mean, not easy, but it, it could, you could easily go, hey, um, sometimes it's hard to be, at, or, you know, hard to always, you know, as a 16-year-old, as a changing your perspective and deciding to do the right thing isn't always a... Um, straight line forward and sometimes you go backwards and sometimes you fuck up mm-hmm. but yeah but glee wasn't doing that glee no was just no i agree I, no no i totally agree i i think that if they had if they had gone that route and at least had finn address or kurt address or somebody fucking address finn when he did steps backward i think there's something else that that could be useful there instead of just having Finn turn a corner and everything's perfect, because it, it isn't. But they never address it. So, ultimately, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm agreeing with you, I'm just saying they could have made Finn's yeah. um, faux pas, his problems work. They just never did. They instead, just it's just glee, and they just developed amnesia every third episode. Right, because yeah. they, had, they had Finn fuck up, partly for, not for a storyline, because they want to make him look like a certain way just because they needed a character to do a thing and Finn got the dart that day. Yeah, Glee really um, works off of emotional outbursts and, and, and emotional moments rather than logical character development and character actions and reactions. So, you know, someone needed to call or, or use that word in Kurt's presence at some point and it it worked to have it be Finn, and then, you know, it'll be fine later. I think it works to have it be Finn because, I mean, if 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 Puck did it, I don't think no one I mean, would I think care if Puck did it. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I was gonna say, I think it would still hurt Kurt's feelings, or you know, yeah. still be painful, but not to the point of, you know, the 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 kid I have, I had a crush on, but also that my that I've had issues with because I've assumed my father is u- is using him like a new, you know, a new son. That's mm-hmm. a whole other level of pain. So I agree that it needed to be Finn. Needed to happen at some point. Anyway. Yeah, it's just annoying. It's, you know, could have it could have worked into a larger thing and it yeah. and, that's, and that's really the the curse or frustration with Glee is that the you see curse. Although you, you just you see you go this this was almost there. You had like a C plus B minus here. Like, you had, like, shimmers, glimmers of, hey, this this right here, if you just tweaked this, did that, et cetera, et cetera, you, you had something. And you didn't, and whether, for whatever reason, whether it was time, whether it was you didn't care, whether it was you thought it was fine and it wasn't, it's just, it's frustrating to be like, you're almost there. Mm-hmm. You're so close. And well, in some cases, maybe, in some cases, maybe not close at all, but... 
you tried, kid. You tried. And on some episodes, you didn't even try at all. Some Great start for you. Just threw into a blender and let ride. <laughs> I, I I do not have a segue into Rachel Berry, so imagine a tap scene here and uh, <laughs> Rachel Berry. We're we're doing um like a, a Star Wars cut, just swipe across the screen to the exactly. next scene. It, it, it is a sideswipe to Rachel Berry. Sideswipe to Rachel Berry. Um, yeah, so now we've we've learned who her mother is, as if we didn't know. As if we didn't know because Adina Menzel actually had Rachel as a child. <laughs> yes. Something that we broke on our last podcast. Leah, if you haven't heard our yes. findings on that, you should. And, um, you know, now that Leah is going back out on tour, I think everyone should ask her about her true mother. To and really, by true mother, we mean Adina Menzel. Adina Menzel, who uh, gave birth to Probably her. Probably not also read. <laughs> yes, you have to ask her in person. You can't slip her a note because she can't read. Exactly. You must, you must actually <laughs> ask her these questions. Um, our, our findings were super scientific, totally based on facts. Hashtag. Yes. I inquired with 23andMe, and they said, yes, definitely. Yes, exactly. So all dead. There's uh, nothing that we could be uh, uh, wrong about. We're never wrong, wrong about or sued for. So sure. nope, yeah. nope, we're all yeah. good. Science. Ev- science. Science. Can't argue with science. <laughs> uh, I actually think uh, some of Leah's best acting on the show is with Adina, and I think it has to do with someone who has a greater. I'm not going to say talent, but just more experience and finesse can raise other actors' performances just by their presence. Uh, so I I like the scenes with Rachel and Adina and, uh, and Adina and Shelby. I I believe them as much as I believe anything in Glee. I can see a lot there, though. I mean, and it's not just physical that that makes you go, "Oh, yes, these these two are related." There's a lot of mannerisms, you know, just and even just like um, Shelby giving up her daughter because she wants to be a star. It's like, yeah, no, that sounds like Rachel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And making it sounds legit. Yeah, so. <laughs> hmm. I mean, Here's- I actual mom is going to be so pissed i like the the shelby aspect of the storyline but i really really don't like the fact that rachel is basically portrayed and and i actually like took a note on this quote she longed for a childhood she was deprived of yes i mean like her 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 dad literally cared enough to have a therapist on call for her and staple her an outfit together by hand yes and yet, like, she's portrayed as, like, missing something vital to, right. like, herself. Which is I mean, weirdly I know, heteronormative. Yeah, I, and I know, like, it's realistic that adoptive kids might want to know who their birth parent is, but I don't know. It's just, like, the almost, like, erasure of her having a full family unit. Yes, it does. It's really, like, depressing to watch. It is, yeah. Because everything we are told about and everything we see from her dads especially uh, that that's actually a constant on this show is yeah, that her dads really is. are portrayed as kind and loving and 
totally invested in every aspect of her life to a degree that most of us wish we had like who doesn't want two parents who are just I mean I get it they can be overbearing but they don't actually seem overbearing they seem supportive in a way that allows her to do whatever the fuck she wants and then yes you're exactly right for her to come in and say like oh my childhood like your your childhood was fucking great what are you talking about yeah I mean probably better than it would have been with a mother who didn't really want to be a mother until about 17 years later right exactly who then second guesses anyway there's something here with that and I don't I don't know the term for it and maybe maybe you guys one of you guys do where it's almost like the over fetish fetishizing of motherhood uh-huh. that yeah. um you know what that's a ryan murphy thing though if well i mean look, it's a ryan murphy thing but it's also a thing that we have in in like our society I feel oh like. yes it is and not to to diminish those who listen who are moms but like having two loving parents regardless of gender I think is something we all want yeah or like four parents yeah honestly the the white picket fence nuclear family is not the best setup for a healthy society like you need more than two people to raise a kid right now like I think we'd all be a little happier with extended families to take the burden off the parent who gets hoisted with the most Mm -hmm. work who's usually the mother who ends up lifting the most the bulk of the the emotional labor they do the bulk of the household work even though men think that i put a dish in the dishwasher like go fuck yourself and actually do some real work trivia like, fact nuclear families are a byproduct pro- byproduct of, cap- uh, of capitalism they are yes yeah. and they don't work evidenced by how unhappy we all are <laughs> just to say bring back communes this is, this is yes yes this is to say we are also opening up our uh Leon the Rocks <laughs> podcast commune yes um yes we everybody gets a bungalow but <laughs> everybody gets a bungalow it'll be great um I know it sounds not. like a cult but it's not it's it's totally not totally not it's um not there'll be a lot of dogs a lot of and, animals and cats there'll be a lot of animals it'll be great um but yeah it's it's yeah it does. It's better motherhood in a way that diminishes other family types. Yeah, and I say I'm not as familiar with other Ryan Murphy properties because I try not to be, so I can't speak to his other works. But yeah, it's just, it's actually a it's a very constant um, motif of his work is pregnancy and having children and the importance of children and babies and moms and you can tell that he's someone who. I mean, he has kids, like you can tell. Yeah. Um, but it does, sometimes it's an odd taste where you're like, wow, you're really, you're really into babies. Does it have to be in every single one of your shows? Interestingly, I mean, because I'm, I'm just going through um, Glee and going, okay, yeah, Kurt also has mother issues. Yeah. Um, like, who, who else has? There's a whole episode on Artie and his mom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, Murphy had a whole show about yeah. two people wanting a baby. <laughs> and he, that, that's his end game for Kurt and Blaine. Yeah, is yet another fucking baby, which again, made no sense. I'm just saying, the real Kurt and Blaine don't have kids. No, they don't. Excuse me, do not tell me that two, that two men that are that passionate about their careers also decide to go, no, we're going to, we're going to. Yeah, we're going to stop all this and have some kids. Like, I don't fucking think so. 
Nah. Childless claim. Hashtag. Hashtag. Come at me, all of you. Today's podcast <laughs> brought to you by Childless Claim. The hill we will all die on. <laughs> We're going to die on. Uh, yeah, that's... And, you know, we've got Quinn slowly, uh-huh. slowly growing uh, a person, depending on what her costume looks like for the day. Fucking love that. Slowly growing a person. I mean, her... <laughs> waters it. <laughs> she does. She waters it. She feeds it. Uh, the size of it depends on if she's wearing a tight shirt or not. I mean, you also, I mean, you have Terry, who was her own. Mm-hmm. Exactly. See? Murphy's got a weird thing about motherhood. I want to know, Murphy, do we do we need to talk about, about your mom? Yeah, seriously. Deep down, well, he's just... Sit down combo with this dude. Seriously. Maybe not us. Maybe somebody that's, like, a professional. And that means that we also don't have to listen to it. <laughs> so what we're saying is, Ryan, if you'd like to come talk to three people who don't care for children... <laughs> we might we're know here. some people. <laughs> we're I mean, maybe... I'm assuming. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, we could definitely enlighten him into some, some like, diverse views on parenthood. Yeah, because he seems to have one view on parenthood, and it's a little frustrating. Yeah. And a little boring. I mean, by the time it got around to Sue's baby storyline, it was yeah. definitely, like, you can yeah. stop now, Ryan. Yeah. Which, when we get to that, we'll get to that, because, like, that's, yeah. Yeah. That was another one that made no sense to me. Ugh. It's because yeah. that thing happens with Sue where she just gets taken to the extreme of her character and it's no longer interesting. She's no longer the same character. And this yeah, happens with TV yeah. shows that run too long. It's just like they're, they have to drag these characters to the very, the very threads of what they could have possibly been and then they're no longer the person that you recognize. Are you telling me that shticks don't make characterization? Shticks don't make characters. Hashtag, the more you know. <laughs> Hashtag shtick? Hashtag shtick. That's easy for me in my list to say. It's fine. Uh, all right. Well, I I have, I feel like we've, we've dissected this in a, in a fairly, fairly good way. And, and leads me to asking, we had some, uh, some fun songs this uh, this episode. So, what was your favorite? Uh, I think Bad Romance. It's you know, it sounds good. It was funny. Uh, Naya looked hot in her cat suit, and she sounds good on it. I like. I you think know, I, I dig it. Mandy, I, I think Bad Romance is actually my favorite one too. I like I like Naya getting her her moment to just mm-hmm. like wail. Yeah, it doesn't happen enough. Yeah, it really doesn't. I'm going to have to agree. Um, Bad Romance is very iconic. The song itself is also just really awesome um, how they do it. So um, I agreed. It, 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 it is sad to me that of the Lady Gaga episode, only two songs were really yeah. bad. Yeah, that is weird. And um, why do Shelby and... Uh, Rachel sings that Lady Gaga song to each other. Yeah, that seemed like an odd choice. Are you telling me that's not the perfect mother-daughter song? It's not. I mean, Glee doesn't have the best track record going forward with appropriate duets for family members either, so no, maybe this don't. was just laying the groundwork. Take that back. Uh, There's a 
perfectly fine song for brothers to sing. <laughs> uh, Andrew Gross. We'll get to you. We'll get to you. Uh, we're getting there. We will get there. Uh, yeah, they did. I mean, Kiss got two songs, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't seem fair that... Again, it would have just made way more sense for Schuster to have just said, we're doing theatricality and yeah. not just we're doing Gaga. Yeah. I'm just going to blame Shu for everything. Although, I mean, later on, we're going to get Born This Way. Which is, like, one of the best songs ever. It is. I'm fine that it got saved for when, when Kurt has his hair swoop and he's in season two and I can pretend that Blaine is... is watching it somewhere in the back he is okay because we didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen lane is everywhere all right so um any any other interesting thoughts on this episode i have i have some thoughts on some other things but i just want to i just had a random i I was annoyed so when kurt uh stands up to karofsky with his standing up to karofsky moment i really didn't (laughs) like that he did the don't pick on a girl, which is just such a, it, I mean, I get it, but it, you don't need to gender bullying. It's bad enough. Like, Kurt should know better. I don't know. I don't know why. I can't articulate coherently in this moment why that annoyed me for him to say, if don't pick on a girl. Like, well, why? He shouldn't pick on anyone. Similarly, I had a gripe with a just like one-off Kurt line um that in three years they'll be claiming my septic tank like I just really hate his like superiority complex you know when it comes to like you if you want to insult them I mean your dad's a mechanic shouldn't you have a little more respect for people who do jobs that aren't like quote-unquote glamorous or you know important and also like do people in Lima have septic tanks yeah, I mean maybe I don't know. I yeah, but yes, I agree. It is it is uh, a looking down the nose at somebody. I think it's really just I think it's really just a way for for Kurt to feel. It's like Kurt's own version of bullying. You bully to make yourself feel better. He says it's these things to make bully. himself feel better, which I say as as the number one Kurt stand on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, okay, so I mean, if we if we have no thoughts exactly on this episode i'm going to roll this slightly into um still talking glee but recent um it was something i wanted to to discuss here was that um the original tweet that started all of this um has since been taken down which makes me sad so we cannot link to it audibly sorry you can't click on anything right now um but somebody took some screen caps of uh, Leah, Harry, and Jenna's uh, Instagram stories. All three of them happened to mention Glee, whether overtly or subtly. And um, they made a comment saying, uh, is, is, is there a Glee thing in, you know, upcoming? And I think um, Leah or Jenna were a little bit more um, overt with their, with their, oh, I don't know, you know, kind of vagueness. Um, and this is not me saying we have definitive, you know, like we know what's going to happen so much as it's going, cool. So let's say a Glee reunion thing were going to happen 
Um, what do you guys think about it? How would you want Igly Reunion? Or would you even want Igly Reunion? No. Well, that was fast and easy. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I mean, the show wasn't even good when the show was still going. A reboot is going to be just as bad, right? Like, I haven't seen the sixth season yet. I don't need to. We're going to watch it eventually to do this podcast. But we'll get there. We'll get, I'll, I will watch it uh, because I have to. But the idea of either a reboot where you have a whole new cast doing the same characters, no one's going to watch because people, what people like about Glee are the actors mm-hmm. and their portrayal of these particular characters. And this is the long-standing problem with reboots anyway, is in media, you get uh, an emotional attachment to a person playing another person because human brains are fucked up and <laughs> that's what we like to do. Putting in different which they should have, Which they should have learned with the new, the new kids. Like, they tried right, to- Yeah, you can't just put new people into the show. It doesn't, it, it really only works on shows like ER and Grey's Anatomy where the structure is meant where it's cyclical, right? New interns come in, you go through your process in the hospital, and then they kill you. So unless the structure of Glee was always meant to be, we're following freshman through senior year, then you can't do it again. And that's, they didn't do what they did is they went to Niata. And as soon as you go to Niata, you've, you've chosen to not be able to recycle the structure. Yeah. And, and again, what people like are the actors. The well, I mean, I, I would argue they wouldn't have been able to, um, they went, going to Niata was their best option because well, the it, it became their best option. Well, well, I would argue because people like the actors and they like the characters. They don't like the writing. I don't mm-hmm. like how Kurt and Blaine were written. I yeah. like how they were portrayed. So if you, try to give me new people with the same writing, I don't think it's going to work. That writing worked sometimes based on the people portraying it. Right. And even then sometimes you're like, I'm not buying the scene. Something's not right here. So so for for them to grade anatomy it, they would have had to have much better writing. And so like the other option here when people talk about a Glee reboot is they're really talking about a Glee reunion where everybody gets together and revisits the same world where they're the same actors playing the same characters in a new way. I mean, we've already had our little flash forward bullshit that I deny because I hate it. It's like epilogues the, never count. It's like the Harry Potter epilogue. Like, mm, I'm sorry. It didn't happen. Oh, uh, what about. But like, what, what do you, what do you, what do they think people want to see? Do we want to see like Kurt and Blaine in their forties arguing over the same shit with like a, a or, uh, yeah, I can't even. What, well, what I mean, like, possibly I possibly think people would want to see. I bet you anything. If he did do that, it would absolutely start out with Kurt and Blaine divorced, or yes, like exactly. their divorce proceedings. Yeah, they're in the middle of the divorce. They something happened. Someone cheated because that's all they can fucking do. Uh, unless it's Sebastian, then I'll watch it. But that's a different problem. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, they would. That is exactly right. That's what Ryan Murphy would do, is he'd have uh, season seven start with um, Kurt and Blaine getting a divorce, and it would be their divorce proceeding, and then they would eventually get back together over a Beatles song. 
And I mean, Kurt would maybe like temporarily move in with Rachel. Yeah. Oh, I bet needed he, somewhere to stay. Oh no. And then I bet Mercedes would show up and you know, they'd all go out for drinks with the ladies. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh Artie would take Blaine out on the town to be dudes again and live a second life. Now that they're middle-aged men in New York at Louis <sighs> Crisis. Like I'm I'm now depressed because this is going to happen. If not this year, then eventually. <laughs> Does anyone want to see Blaine with thinning hair? I don't think so. No. 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 And no. I Dr. I Cass is dead. So like what yeah. I mean Sorry, too soon. Sad sad but true. So no, I think I think what people want is they want the feeling. Uh, people being glee fans who somehow aren't destroyed by the show the way the rest of us are. I feel like there's a section of Glee fans that want the return of the emotional reaction and the emotional catharsis they got from watching the show. And you're not going to get that again. It's why people get shitty about the new Star Wars movies. Like, they're not the same. It's not A New Hope. You're never going to watch A New Hope again. Lies of Force Awakens is worth it. But it's not A New Hope. Like, I liked it. But it's like what people get some of these fanboys and their douchey opinions, like what they're complaining about is they're not getting the exact same emotional reaction and emotional gut punch that they got from the thing that they like. They had that thing. You can't have that thing again. I'm sorry. Get over it. Watch something new. So if, if there's any sort of Glee reunion, it's going to have to be a, a concert at 54 Below or a, a stage show. A, a what? stage show oh yeah sure they'll all get <laughs> together for a musical i just i, Listen, I the fact that it, hilarious some of them show up at elsie fest like isn't that's fine some of them are never gonna show up at elsie fest stop asking that's like, not fine <laughs> some of the glee cast members are not gonna go to elsie fest just deal with it and um, i don't i don't know like do i miss seeing them interact yes is this something that we can talk about in a shipping episode of this podcast? Yes. yes. Because I think there's a lot tied in that we may or may not get in trouble for saying <laughs> that we can talk about in another episode. But that'll be that'll be a question I'll lob over to that that pod that right. Podcast. We'll we'll forward that over to the one that we're actually gonna do. Being in how bed much do people really want a glee how much do people really want a glee reunion because they want more glee or because they want more of the cast hanging out? Yes. Whatever that's what they want and and you know what want. like as long as we're again this is probably something we should touch on and really just go to town on in a separate episode but like glee fucked up by not giving the audience what they wanted and i think we can say this with some authority having been the audience mm -hmm. they wanted bloopers and they wanted real behind the scenes and they wanted cast interaction and they wanted cons we fucked up by never having a glee con supernatural has been on for what 14 seasons now and those people get Forever. content every single year they get live in person on stage content and they get it regularly and it keeps you going and it keeps you invested and it keeps you interested glee couldn't do they did uh comic-con like twice and it was just a panel but they had they had such steam and such momentum and such a fan base 
but they should have had their own fucking convention and maybe people wouldn't have gotten I'm not saying the fandom wouldn't have turned out the way it turned out if they had been given more content, but I think it's an argument we can make. And maybe it's the only maybe it's just me. I don't know how you guys there, feel about it, but I feel I, like I, if people had been given more con- like actual content, not just the show because the show is not what a fandom is always about. Fandom is about the extracurricular stuff. And because all we got was uh one concert, which was weird anyway. Uh, the concert movie, which did anybody see, and then the show, which had a decline in in being good in quality pretty early on, and then the cast didn't do anything together. There weren't, we didn't get that extracurricular stuff that really connects you to the cast and the show and the crew the way a lot of other shows do, and I, I think that was a failure on their part. I think that that's a symptom of Fox and most broadcasting companies, I think, misunderstanding audiences and their properties. I think it's something the CW does really fucking well. The CW gets it. They do. But I don't think many other ma- major broadcasting companies understand the I understand fandom to understand the idea of, oh, we should put it on together. Um, I think that I think that Fox and Glee tried in the last season ish with the whole Delia Street thing constantly like sure. on Instagram and like the, even the interviews that Nia did it was like a very like weird weak attempt at what other shows do really well and then yeah. way too late way too late and way too obviously constructed yeah. like these three people are super best friends. Like, I don't think so, but thanks for trying. Please show us them ever together casually before you started posting on Instagram because that didn't actually happen. I'm sorry, do you guys know each other's last names or no? Huh? I'm just like, you could ask those, the Dela Street thing. Like, how about you guys give us, uh, yeah, give us a pop quiz about each other. Can't answer it? No? Great. Well, and it's also frustrating because you know there were friendships in that cast like Kevin and Jenna vacationed together like Kevin and Naya went like wedding dress shopping together right yeah but because they weren't the right friendships that Glee wanted to push forward yeah you know yeah they tried and it was bad it was bad and the behind the scenes stuff was just it was bad yeah because Uh, it was boring it was just like talking head interviews like that's not behind the scenes that's that's just a talking head interview with pre-planned questions that's not interesting it doesn't give you it doesn't make you feel like you're in on a secret and that's what behind the scenes stuff and that's what fandom likes to feel is like you're in on it too and you're part of the team yeah best i better worse right like we also talk about how fandom is highly fucked up these days and too invasive and too too demanding of celebrity time and investment and like that's also a whole other conversation but it's it's why people are still invested in in properties that have been going on 40 years um i will say the thing that stands out to be closest were like the random interviews with like zach woodley and like chris colfer yeah like great i will still those Mm -hmm. we needed that with more people yeah, and um, like I, bloopers and feeling like the cast 
actually enjoyed each other and actually liked to be together that wasn't obviously manufactured cultivated and manufactured yes like you never I never really got a feeling watching those the the behind the scenes stuff that that it was natural and organic and yes there no, were and, and obviously not that they friendships weren't. that you know and it was not that the friendships weren't real or natural, but that the the way they were being filmed yeah, was yeah. clearly planned and never made it sound seem like the CW has in their in their um, um, the uh, legalese. You you have to have social media accounts and you have to use them. And yes. they have requirements on stuff that you do. I mean, not to the point of like post X many times about your coworker, but they, as far as like posting amounts and, and, and what to post and stuff. And maybe that is manufactured, but they, they give parameters to the amount that it gives content for mm-hmm. a very, you know, for a very rabid fan base. I, I will say, I think that's partly why the Glee fandom had or and still has so much fic and had so much other content was partly partly because they didn't exist like they did the powers that be didn't provide it so we right, provided it ourselves um but then also I, I think that also stems from hey the writing is terrible i have a personal theory that the worst the more the worse a show is written the better the fic is uh yeah because there are yeah, some shows right. that I I love that have fabulous writing. There's very little fic, and it's not good. Just because it's like, what else are you going to add? Got yeah, like, how, how am I supposed to improve this? I can't. It's, I can't. It's good. But yeah, I think a lot of it is is we lacked for content, so we made it ourselves. Yeah. It and and some of y'all wrote some real good shit, so congrats. Stuff I still, I still like to reread. So yeah, bringing it up all back around to say that cool... We don't really want a reunion. Um, I don't. Yeah, sorry. The original question here was, "What about a Glee reboot?" No. I don't. Well, I don't think they're going to do a reboot. I don't think they're going to do a reunion. I think. I don't think they can get the cast to do it either. Well, see, that's the other thing is that either either you're going to get they're not they're they're going to do a story they're going to do a storyline I don't want to read, or Mm -hmm. Chris isn't going to want to do it because he's He's doing a lot of other things. I was going to say, like, I bet they could get all of the secondaries who are generally well yeah unemployed (laughs) and still will be in the same room as each other but i don't i don't see chris touching glee for at least another decade also maybe amber is like amazing and rocking it and doing all her other shit so like she's busy too i'm also not sure that they would be able to get like naya back necessarily (laughs) What that sounds like a great set with Naya and Leah back together. Yeah. After I don't know. Maybe maybe Naya is actually friendly enough to other people that there would just be like stipulations in that contract. Sure. But yeah, in either case, I think is I think it's it's an interesting conversation, but not one I think they're gonna look at doing for another couple of years, if that. And like you know, a, at the beginning there was talk of a Glee Broadway show, you know, like mm-hmm. but again they wouldn't be the same actors. So who is going to go see that? You're seeing it for the nostalgia, but you still want the actors. You don't want it. Glee's not like Mean Girls. It doesn't have the staying power. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, 
those actors are the characters for me. I care. I like the characters because of the actors that portrayed them, not in spite of. Honestly, the only Glee reunion I want is an Anna Rose special, but I'm not going to get that. Now, am I? I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you just like get Bulmer and Darren drunk enough together in a room, you could yeah. probably just have them act something out. Surprise! Elsie guest, Elsie Fest special guest, yeah. Matt Bomer. Uh, this is this is me st- jumping in for the legal side to say we don't actually know any of this, and we're not actually advertising no, that no. Matt Bomer is a, is a uh, guest. FYI, please don't make this a rumor. <laughs> It's a rumor just like the one that Leah can't read. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> Sorry, Leah. I'm uh, sure your tour will sell out just fine. Oh, it's fine. They're not, they're not going to listen to Is that not a Glee reunion? Is that not enough for people? <laughs> we can be fair. You have, you have Blaine. You have a Glee reunion. They're going on a West Coast tour of California. I mean, we're going to end up getting that. And then also, like, some secret footage of just like Cord and Darren like sharing a joint at Coachella next year and that's going to be the Glee reunion. That's the whole reunion. Yeah. Yeah. And then like TMZ style footage of Chris walking into like a restaurant or something flipping the camera. <laughs> I sit together and I'm good. Yeah. I bet we could just make that and post yeah. it. Like look guys here's a reunion. But it's yeah. all like different outfits different times of day <laughs> edited to look like it's contiguous. With uh, really badly done voiceovers. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what you missed on TMZ. Uh-huh. I know what I'm doing this weekend. I look forward to it. All right. Well, with that, we... Also, we don't mean to insult people who really, really want a Glee reunion. We just don't think it's happening. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We'll say this never happened. Um, if we're wrong, we will continue the podcast... Uh, for the next season of Glee. <laughs> that's what you have to deal with. Yeah, that's your... Uh, yeah. That's your shame. It's your punishment. Yep. Uh, more of us. Sorry. All right. Well, with that, we've done a nice dive into Tina and Figgins and... A nice dive? I feel like we really... We really gave the episode a short shift here. Yeah, did we? That's okay. Okay, a shallow dive? Shallow dive feels right. We skimmed off the top? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Skimmed off the top about Tina, Finn, homophobia, and Glee, tragic and toxic masculinity. There's some really heavy subjects. We're just like, yeah, another episode of Glee. As, as yeah. you do. Uh, Fetishization of motherhood. You know, it was a real lighthearted episode here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, so with that, I think, uh, babe, there's anything, anything else? Any last thoughts? No, I'm good. No. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's what you missed on Glee. Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. 
Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, January 25th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We've seen a car run into a tree, a tree fall through a roof, and we've even seen a car fall through a roof. Hey, babe. Your parents are here. But there's a better way for your home and auto to come together. Bundle them. And when you get both, you could save an average of 20%. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.